Apple just fixed mobile Safari in the latest iOS 15 betas, and not in six years like the modular Mac Pro, not in three years like the butterfly keyboard, but in two months. They took in community feedback, they took it seriously, and they took action fast, like speed force fast. So what else could Apple fix and fast? Child safety, game streaming, advertising? Well, if you haven't been following, Apple announced a host of what became highly controversial interface changes back at WWDC in June, including what can only be termed tab bar supremacy for the Mac and iPad and a new bottom floating address bar for the iPhone. And not to relitigate or even recapitulate how important interface and usability are for a company whose whole entire reputation and culture was built on interface and experience, especially when there are ongoing concerns over their design team's current willingness to push visual simplicity out at the expense of functional complexity, because I went over all of that in a previous video with Daring Fireball's John Gruber, which I'll link to down below the like button. And Apple stopping and listening and iterating Safari this much, this quickly, is affirming, confidence building even, so much so that I'm hoping they're willing to do the exact same thing with a few more things. Now, software is obviously way, way easier to iterate on than hardware, but the truth is Apple isn't a monoculture or a unimind. Every argument we have on YouTube or Twitter, people inside Apple are having the same exact arguments for years already as well. Every opinion for or against a policy or implementation that we hear on the outside, Apple executives have been just chewing over on the inside, both from people at Apple and most recently from us, which is why I Mark Hamill laugh, like full on Joker Skeletor laugh out loud anytime anyone says I never disagree with Apple about anything. I like what I like and Apple makes a lot of stuff that I like, but I criticize all of it as well because none of it is ever good enough let alone perfect. And that's really the only way I can ever be truly useful to you, to me, and yeah, to Apple. It's fuel for their debates and ultimately the decisions they make and some cases I hope unmake. So let's just arc reactor that fuel, shall we? Starting this fall in the US with communication safety, Apple's gonna be allowing a parental control setting to blur explicit images in the Messages app for children, potentially alerting the parents for children under 13 as well. And with CSAM detection, hash matching for known child exploitation material using a hybrid client-server process on upload to iCloud Photo Library. It's a complicated, confusing, and contentious system, and I've already made a 43-minute video on how exactly it all works and how I think Apple could make it work better, or at least a whole lot less contentiously. But here's the gist. The new child safety features have faced immense pushback from privacy advocates and geopolitical activists, and Apple has largely dealt with that by saying the system is being misunderstood. And in some part, that's true because it really is extremely complicated, easily conflated, even sensationalized, maybe catastrophized. But I think Apple has also been misunderstanding the pushback as well. It's not that everyone doesn't get it. It's that some absolutely don't want it. Even if you concede the architecture would be perfect and no architecture is ever perfect, but all of that technology is really just a distraction from the philosophy. And that's not complicated at all. That's dead simple. What Apple sees as a way to maintain privacy comes off as a way to violate sanctity. That on-device doesn't matter if it's being sent off-device to anyone for any reason without explicit user intent and for explicit user benefit. 
And that can't be addressed with just facts because it's also all about the feels. And I mean, even selfishly, I've got people on every privacy video I've made about Apple, every one where I've pointed out how app tracking transparency and private relay will prevent Facebook and Google from spying on us. I've got comments filling up with people pointing straight to the new child safety features as a way of just nullifying all that, just painting Apple as the same or worse, even in videos about upcoming products. And I can only imagine that's going to be true for all major coverage for the next many months as well, including and especially when it launches this fall. So what I'm hoping for is that Apple takes a hot minute, looks at it through that same Safari fix it fast lens and figures out a way to address the many not misunderstanding it at all concerns being expressed about these new features. Most of Apple's most recent privacy initiatives have taken several extra months to actually ship anyway because they're so complicated and because there are so many things to consider. This should be no different. If anything, it should be considered even reconsidered way more stringently. Now, my suggestions aren't even that clever. I just wanna keep what's on device wholly on device and what's off device wholly off device, by which I mean switch the communication safety alert to a block like other parental control features work and move the on-device blinded database and hash matching technology to off-device. You know, that means to a private relay server that denies Apple full knowledge the way they're already doing with the private relay service to deny Facebook and Google any knowledge. Because privacy, real, fundamental privacy, remains one of the most important issues of our time, if you have better or brighter ideas, don't wait, make sure they're heard. Whenever somebody says to me, Apple's App Store rules, are just way too stringent and restrictive, I point at the Google Play Store and ask, what world-changing apps do Apple's rules prevent that Google's rules allow? Not Instagram, not Uber, not really anything. All the biggest apps are not only on the iPhone, but still mostly on the iPhone first, often for an annoyingly long period of time, like Clubhouse. At least I used to be able to do that, but now a whole new class of world-changing apps are just not allowed as is on the App Store. And I'm not even talking about sex. Apple's Disney-like puritanicalism has been at DEF CON 1 for over a decade already. So much so, the iTunes store still has to accompany the App Store to PG-13 videos, including probably C on TV+. But I digress. I'm talking about the game streaming services, Xbox Game Pass and Google Stadia, and the plethora of others that will do for interactive entertainment what Netflix and Amazon Prime and video streaming services have been doing for passive entertainment for years and years already. But Apple isn't currently allowing those services onto the App Store, not unless they offer every game as a separate and separately rated app on the store, which is the functional equivalent of having to offer every TV show and movie on Netflix as a separate and separately rated video on the iTunes Store. It just defeats the whole purpose, destroys the whole benefit of streaming. And it's not to protect Apple Arcade or any of the conspiracy theories that have been bandied about either. Making iPhones and iPads into first-class Xbox and PlayStation experiences and the revenue generated from all those App Store subscriptions would be like what Disney Plus provides right now, even alongside Apple's TV Plus. To get around it, the game streaming services are deploying web apps, which, bless their hearts, aren't better for anyone. Poor performance for the games, no revenue for Apple, and most importantly, a bad experience for us. And yes, I've done a whole entire video on this already as well. Link below the like button. But my hottest of hot takes here would be 
Just treat game streaming apps like video streaming apps and let them on the store as is, then hold them to the same rules that apply to any streaming app, any other streaming app on the store. Apple's made huge waves over the last few years by cracking down on ad tracking technologies, including blocking third-party trackers in Safari, adding privacy labels and app tracking transparency to iOS 14, and now bringing privacy reports and private relay to iOS 15, and all of it to prevent social networks and data brokers from spying on us without permission in the digital world in a way that would be just never acceptable in the physical world. But at the same time, Apple's been slow rolling their own ad products into the App Store. And you know, it's really a minor, if annoying as any ad right now, but I still see at least two big problems with them. Like child safety, they undermine or can be used to undermine Apple's work on privacy. Instead of standing up to big social tobacco and the ad broker cabal in full on fight for the users Tron fashion, these same companies now get to cast it as an anti-competitive ad land grab by Apple. And if it wasn't this, sure, maybe it'd be something else, but why make it so beyond easy for them to just use this? Also, digital advertising by its nature is just corrupting and corrosive. And I totally get Steve Jobs started all this when he had the big, beautiful idea to roll out iAds, but that failed. And I'm kind of super glad it did because people in the digital ad business have been conditioned to demand every bit of personal user data imaginable, far, far over and beyond what they actually need to track conversions, because they can make so much more money off that data than just the ads or the conversions. And unless Apple's willing to do that, no ad product they offer will truly be competitive, just compromising. So if Apple's willing to draw the line at adult content, for example, my suggestion is draw the line at advertising products as well. Not every little thing has to be about the bloody ROI, right? And if you wanna be a part of solving any or all of these problems in the future, I mean, on a technical level, learn how so much of this stuff works from neural networks and machine learning and algorithms, a terrific place to start is today's sponsor, Brilliant. Brilliant.org slash Richie, or click the link below for their awesome, awesome website and app that are built off the principle of active problem solving, not just reading or following along, but actually learning by doing through math, science and computer science, logic and deduction, physics, quantum mechanics, game theory, even cryptocurrency and more. And Brilliant has recently upped their interactivity to a whole new level, including their algorithms fundamental course, which teaches through rearranging blocks of code which means no coding experience required. So if you wanna go from just using iOS to maybe working on it one day, you can get your start today with Brilliant. Just go to brilliant.org slash Richie or click on the link in the description. Pick a course and get started now. Clicking on that link really helps out this channel. And so does hitting the playlist above for more, so much more deep dives on everything I went over here and a few things I didn't have time to touch on today. Just hit it up and I'll see you in the next video.